The Steelers' 2022 schedule could determine whether quarterback Kenny Pickett starts week one or not. Welcome to the Steelers Update Podcast from Penn Live, where we keep track of all things Steelers so you don't have to. This is John Lucy reporting. Timing is everything, and everyone in Pittsburgh seems to be itching for pit hero turned Steeler. Kenny Pickett to begin his NFL quarterbacking career on week one of his rookie year. Now, whether impatient Pittsburgh fans get what they want could largely depend on the about-to-be-released 2022 NFL schedule. If the Steelers' slate of games is front-loaded with winnable ones, such as the Browns, the Jets, Falcons, even Miami or New Orleans, this would make it far easier to justify starting the rookie picket over the more established free agent, Mitch Trubisky. But if that schedule presents an early season wall of worry, with early dates against the Ravens, Raiders, Buccaneers, Patriots, or even those Eagles, it might cause Steelers coaches to proceed with caution. In other words, keep Pickett on the bench and throw Trubisky to the Wolves. The NFL schedule will be officially released at 8 p.m. Thursday, but the rumors and supposed schedule leaks are already flying around social media fast and furiously. According to those leaks, the Steelers might well open the 2022 season by taking that turnpike trip to rendezvous with the Browns in the mistake by the lake. If a trip to Cleveland is indeed how this schedule unfolds, the signs for Pickett as your week one Steelers starter are looking better and better. Now, of course, we won't know for sure about the schedule until Thursday night, and we have a long ways to go, minicamp, training camp, the preseason, to determine the Steelers' QB pecking order and where Pickett fits into it to begin the season. Still, it's hard to deny the popular pressure already building to start the season with Pickett under center. The 412 area code has been rapturous in its reception of the Pitt product as the heir apparent to Big Ben Roethlisberger. Steelers fans are clamoring to see a seamless transition that doesn't usually happen in the NFL, the handoff from one franchise QB to the next. Coach Mike Tomlin has been basking in the afterglow of the picket pick. At a recent Penguins playoff game, the coach who hasn't won a playoff game in who knows how long received an overwhelming ovation when his Penguins jersey-clad image appeared on arena video screens. Tomlin smiled and waved as he took in the picket-generated goodwill that is now extending to the coach and his 2022 Steelers team. It will be difficult for Tomlin to paddle against this type of popular wave. If the QB competition is even close, Pickett will have to be the coach's choice as your week one starter. A favorable Steelers schedule could be the last piece to sway that calculation in Pickett's favor. But it's not just Pickett. The Steelers draft is looking plenty popular in Pittsburgh. It's hard to believe this is the same city 
that just bade adieu to Big Ben after 18 successful seasons. Just a few months ago, the Steelers' future looked uncertain. They seemed to be entering an unfamiliar wilderness of rebuilding. But it turns out what the ruling Rooney family says is true. The Steelers do not rebuild, they reload. This year, the Steelers have reloaded with two speedy but very different wide receivers in this last draft. The pair of pass catchers has the town buzzing with their game-breaking abilities. Talking about second-round pick George Pickens out of Georgia and the speedy smurf Calvin Austin III of Memphis, whom the Steelers landed in round four. Pickens has had his problems, yeah. He suffered an ACL injury, and there was some questionable character moments both on-field and off with the Bulldogs. Otherwise, he would have never fell to the Steelers. But there's no questioning this kid's hands. He just does not drop the football. Better still, Pickens burns with a competitive fire worthy of a Pittsburgh blast furnace. Getting passed over in the draft where he was once pegged as perhaps one of the best receivers in it is going to have Pickens looking to prove himself to the entire NFL. As for Austin, he gave problems to many of the top defenders in the draft, defenders who were taken early in round one. He's a meticulous route runner with afterburner speed. He can't just be a gadget play guy and coordinator Matt Canada's offense for these Steelers. Austin should be a possession receiver who has the explosive potential to take every catch to the house. What does Tomlin want? Splash plays. When does he want them? Now. Finally, at long last, those down-the-field bombs and the yards after catch that extend all the way to the end zone could be back for your Steelers. And this brings us back to Pickett and the two things he brings back to the Steelers' offense that Tomlin desperately missed. Under an aging Big Ben, the quarterback position lost pretty much all of its mobility. What had been a strength for years turned into a Steelers' Achilles heel, and it really hurt that offense. The other problem was throwing over the middle of the field, or more precisely, the lack of it with Ben under center. Instead, there were a plethora of dinks and dunks to the sidelines in Pittsburgh. The middle of the field all but vanished as a target, and opponents knew it, and they pressed the Steelers' short sideline passing game to the point of stifling it. It's no coincidence that Pickett enters Pittsburgh as a remedy to both of these ills. He's shifty, elusive, and has some wheels when he needs to run. And he loves throwing the ball in the middle of the field, especially that intermediate area that Big Ben had all but abandoned. This latter Pickett penchant bodes well for tight end Pat Fryermuth. He figures to be highly productive with Pickett at the controls. In fact, there's so much to look forward to with this retooled and reloaded offense. It's a whole new era for the Steelers. No wonder Pittsburgh is burning with impatience to see Pickett and his new pieces on the field. I have no problems with fans wanting to see it sooner than later, like right now, week one. Steelers are about to find out their 
weekly NFL assignments that stretch through January. How that coming season lays out and how those games are arranged could very well determine the team we'll see on week one. If the curtain on the Steelers' 2022 season comes up in Cleveland, chances are Kenny Pickett will be the guy under center. Clearly all of Steelers Nation can't wait. We have lots more on your new-look Steelers and the new rookie stars all of Pittsburgh expects to shine. It's all here in this look-ahead edition of your Steelers Update Podcast. Hey, and be sure to check out my print column first thing Thursday on Penn Live. As usual, it will be packed with plenty of memes as Pittsburgh anticipates the Steelers' schedule release and pines for Kenny Pickett in Week 1. Right now, let's get right to it. The postmortems on the Steelers picking Pickett with the 20th selection of the first round continue unabated. Already, it's being seen by national pundits as a draft reach, and Pickett has been dubbed as overrated before slinging a single pass for the Steelers. What we need here is some perspective. Who better than Johnny McGonigal, who covered Pickett at Pitt for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette? In a chat with his PG colleague Adam Bittner, here's what McGonigal thinks about the hometown college kid as he steps up behind center for the Steelers. So did Pittsburgh pick Pickett too early? Could they have waited and still got their guy in the second round? After all, the second quarterback off the board, Desmond Ritter, didn't get taken by Atlanta until all the way down to pick 74. So McGonigal says this about the Pickett draft controversy. Quote, it's easy to say now that Pickett would have been available to the Steelers at 52. But I was told the Lions liked him after having him in for a top 30 visit. Pickett's camp also perked up when the Lions traded the 12th on draft night. Perhaps they would have selected him at 46th overall. And maybe Carolina would have traded future picks to move into the second round ahead of the Steelers. It's difficult to play revisionist history, especially with something as hectic as the NFL draft, unquote. Hey, bottom line is, folks, if he's your guy, especially at quarterback, you go get him. And Pickett is the Steelers' guy. Now that they've got him, what can fans expect? How does Pickett compare with other proven NFL quarterbacks? McGonigal says this, quote, ESPN's Dan Osofsky likened Pickett to former Cowboys quarterback Tony Romo. I agree. For as much as Pickett grew as a cerebral passer in his final year at Pitt, his trademark has always been his improvisational skills. His touchdown throw to McLeese Stovall against Tennessee, for example, is a throw I feel like I saw Romo make. And it's those types of plays that the Steelers were missing with an aging and mobile Big Ben Roethlisberger, unquote. Now for the bottom line on Kenny Pickett. Where does he go here for the Steelers? McGonigal says this, quote, It's a compliment for Pickett that he was considered the most NFL-ready quarterback in the draft class. But the idea that he had a high floor and a low ceiling was something he and his camp never agreed with. Pickett's longtime quarterback coach, Tony Ricopi, 
told me days before the draft, quote, every offseason he's gotten better. I don't see that changing, unquote. Now, I'm not his coach or a former quarterback who can tell you for certain what Pickett's ceiling really is, but I also saw him continue to get better year after year at Pitt, unquote. Hey, now those are some encouraging words about Kenny Pickett from a guy who watched him every down of his college career. His future seems bright for the Steelers, and it's a future Steelers want to see begin week one this September. The question is, will it? Now we turn to George Pickens, who might be the Steelers' most intriguing pick, along with fellow rookie wideout Calvin Austin III. Steelers fans are salivating to see what sure-handed Pickens can do on the field. It wasn't a lack of talent, but rather Pickens' ACL knee injury, along with maturity issues on and off the field that torpedoed his first-round draft prospects and caused Pickens to fall to the Steelers. So how much of a concern is there? After all, Steelers have been hurt by head case wide receivers before. Martavius Bryan and Antonio Brown come to mind. And heck, the jury is still out on Chase Claypool as far as some of his antics and behavior go. So did Pittsburgh add just another problem? Or is Pickens a big problem for opposing defenses? Adam Bittner with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette has been doing deep dives on all the Steelers' draft picks. Here he puts the most pressing questions on Pickens to the Atlanta Journal and Constitution's Chip Towers. Towers tells us of what he saw of Pickens during his troubled run with the championship Bulldogs down in Georgia. First, what about Pickens' maturity level on those on-the-field and off-the-field incidents? Towers says this, quote, What? You mean the time he squirted Tennessee quarterback Jarek Watano in the face with a water bottle when he was run out of bounds on the Georgia sideline? Or that time in 2019 when he was ejected for fighting Georgia Tech defensive back Trey Swilling, the result of slinging the cornerback into the stadium wall behind the end zone? The former resulted in Pickens being disqualified for the first half of the SEC championship game the next week. The latter resulted in a 15-yard unsportsmanlike personal foul. So yeah, those are concerns and probably had more to do with Pickens not being selected in the first round than his ACL knee injury, unquote. Now, of course, the Pickens' problems didn't end there. What about that surgically repaired knee of his? Tower says, quote, As for the torn ACL early in the spring practice of 2021, I can't offer anything but kudos. First, it was about as simple and uncomplicated of an injury as those go, with no collateral damage and a basic fix. Nonetheless, Pickens had the procedure done by a renowned orthopedic surgeon, and as evidenced by his return in just eight months later, in the last regular season game, the recovery and rehab went quite well. Pickens caught five passes for an average of 21.4 yards in the final four games, which included the SEC title game and two playoff games. In each of those, he made impactful plays, including a 52-yard reception against Alabama and a pancake block of a defensive back against Michigan. Just the fact that he remained with the Bulldogs through the whole season 
rather than peeling out to train for the NFL draft in some exotic location somewhere, was testimony to his team loyalty and dedication, unquote. So we have a tale of two pickings. And what is the bottom line? What kind of receiver did the Steelers get? Tower says this, quote, Pickens is definitely a player who craves the limelight, and that should serve him well in the NFL. Concerns about how he might react to the NFL lifestyle are valid, but he also enters the league wanting to prove he's one of the best and ultimately was undervalued in the draft. He is fiercely competitive, and ultimately that is what drives him. So whoever is the best wideout and cover corner in the league, he'll know it, and he will be motivated to prove he's better. I believe his potential upside is as high as it can go. The best wideout in the NFL. Scouts were licking their chops at his pro day in Athens, which is pretty amazing considering it was coming basically 10 and a half months after his ACL surgery. If he can stay healthy and out of trouble, the sky's the limit, unquote. Wow. Now, that last assessment by Towers, who watched Pickens as a bulldog, man, that has me excited. I can't wait to see Pickens in Pittsburgh. And why not? It sounds like Pickens has a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. If he does, Pittsburgh will love it, and they will love the love his blocking, too. Then there's speedy smurf Kelvin Austin III out of Memphis. Right now, he figures to be the wide receiver four for the Steelers. But given his diminutive stature, his shifty route running, and his high rate of speed, there is much intrigue over how the Steelers plan to use him. Will it be a flurry of jet sweeps for Austin that could become all too predictable and actually harm the Steelers' running game? After fans put such inquiries to Ray Filippaldo, he answered it this way in his online chat for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Quote, I think Austin will be more than just a jet sweep gadget type of player. He's actually an accomplished route runner. He's small, so yes, the running game will be less dangerous when he's on the field, but they can find ways to run the ball effectively with him on the football field. Unquote. Okay, so those are the reasons Pittsburgh is buzzing about Pickens and Austin. But Filippaldo went on to confess that he has some big concerns about the Steelers' wide receivers writ large. What are they? Well, he writes this, quote, I question the wide receivers' room overall. Deontay Johnson is the clear-cut number one, but who will be number two? And will Pickens and Austin be rushed into action because the depth in that receiver's room is so thin? Unquote. Hey, those are some valid concerns. I mean, the excitement right now around these two rookies and what the Steelers already have on offense is, is high. But we won't know anything really about this 2022 team until we see them on the field. Yeah, at training camp at St. Vincent's and yes, in the preseason, but really the regular season when those games start and uh, we'll know that what those games are and where they'll be when that schedule comes out. Finally, one last question about the defense, okay? Most of the buzzed-about picks were on offense in that draft, but we know DeMarvin Leal uh, was taken in the third round 
for the defensive line out of Texas A&M. So what could he possibly do for the Steelers as a rookie along that defensive line? Can he help stop the run? And that is a must for the road-graded Steelers. Can he rush the passer? Is he too small? Is he the right size? Does he need to add ball? All these questions and more were put by Adam Bittner of the Post-Gazette to Connor O'Kara with the college scouting publication Saturday Down South. Here's what the expert who eyed Leal throughout his college career at Texas A&M had to say about Leal translating to the Steelers as a defensive line rookie. First, Leal versus the run. O'Gara says, quote, I absolutely think that's the first area where he'll be able to help out. I watched him bully tackles and guards in the ground game for an A&M run defense that was admittedly better in 2020 than it was in 21. But still, it allowed just six rushing scores all year. Leal wasn't one of those guys who left the field in short yardage situations either. The former five-star recruit has that power and technique to contain ball carriers at the next level. When I specifically think of Leal's best plays in his career, I default to his run-stopping plays. Against Colorado, after starting quarterback Haynes King went down with a season-ending injury, Leal bull-rushed this poor tackle and proceeded to throw the tailback down like a rag doll for a five-yard loss. I don't expect he'll do things like that from the jump in the NFL, but his run-stuffing ability should elevate his floor and make him an immediate contributor to the Steelers' rotation, unquote. How about the pass rush? How is Leal there? O'Gara says, quote, He's been more of a power guy than a speed guy throughout his career. He's 6'4", but he's pretty much been at the same size since he was a freshman at A&M. That's because he could do everything they needed him to do at that size. It's not like he was asked to get up to 320 pounds and he hovered at 290. Now, though his role should be a bit more defined for the Steelers and in the NFL, for what it's worth, I'm still optimistic that he can provide a presence rushing the passer no matter where he lines up. That's part of his game, and it will take a little bit longer to develop in the NFL. Motor will not be an issue. Harking back to the snap count thing, none of those edge guys who played more snaps than Leo, he played 698, were tipping the scales at 280 like him. The guy has always carried his weight well. I don't expect that changing, even if he adds some more bulk, unquote. Hey, on defense, with that third pick of Leo, the Steelers might have gotten themselves a nice little bonus that's going to help that running game and help that defensive line, which is aging. And that's a point that Ray Filippaldo again brings up, and he offers a warning about age and depth at the defensive line position. Quote, I like the overall talent on the defensive line, but they're old. If they have injuries again, I have my doubts as to whether they can hold up against the run. They didn't last season, unquote. So there we are, fans. The 2022 Steelers are taking shape. They're about to learn their schedule, the weekly assignment, a roadmap for the regular season. Will that roadmap lead to success 
or more mediocre Steelers football. We don't know yet. We don't know what this new-look team really has. There's plenty of Pittsburgh excitement, and it starts with Kenny Pickett, and it extends to those receivers, and everybody's expecting the defense to be back in action, especially against the run. But we don't know anything yet. It's just unfolding now, and we will cover it all right here on your Steelers Update podcast, week in and week out, every Wednesday. So sign up wherever you download your favorite audio. And of course, log on to penlive.com anytime for your real-time Steelers news.